chapter 19 here this morning and I want to look into this this aspect uh, or this idea of relationship this morning and uh, talking about our relationship with God or developing a relationship with God and what a privilege it is what a privilege it is to know God right to know God to to have a a relationship with the God who created the universe with the God who in Genesis, the opening chapters of, of the Bible, we see the majesty of our God and how big and how uh, powerful and how mighty he is. He's, it just took a few words and he was able to create. With just a few words, God spoke life into existence. With just a few words, God spoke and there was light and there was stars and 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 the different planets and and all of these things that and then we get down to uh, just within this small little planet that we are on and we see the the beauty and the the majesty of it all the mountains and and you see the uh, the plants and the trees and the and and all of the animals and all of these things that God just with a few words he created it all there's there's something about there's something about life itself or just just us as humans that I believe there is a a desire to uh, you know, I'm not just speaking here with us with our uh with our relationship developed relationship with God but I would believe that in all mankind there is this desire to to find the meaning of life and to, to know that there is something beyond just us. Something beyond just, you know, this, these 70, 80, 100 years, however long that we have to live here in this earth. There's, there's gotta be something bigger than me. There's gotta be something more than just this time that I have here, there's, there, there's, there's got to be some meaning to life. And, and in, in, in seeking for that meaning to life, we're, we're drawn. And I believe that it's a God, a God given thing that's, that's inside of every human that, that would draw us to Him. I believe that there is something that would draw us to God. Now, now we, we see, we see throughout, uh, Throughout the world today, that that there is there are, there are many different ways that people are are, are seeking to to come to meet, come to grips with that with this idea that there is a God that's out there. There is a, there is something that's bigger than me. There is there is something that's out there that is that is greater than me. And you, you think back. You think back to the start of all of creation, the start of mankind, and and the very first humans that were present here on earth, Adam and Eve, they had a relationship with God. It says that God would come down and, and, and He would spend time with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. After Adam... And Eve sinned. It says that God came down to, to walk with, with Adam in the cool of the day. And he could not find Adam on that day. Because Adam 
was hiding, and it wasn't that he couldn't find him. He knew where he was, but but Adam was withdrawing himself from the presence of God. And, and because of that, there was a break in this relationship because of sin, a break in this relationship uh, with, with God and, and man. But uh, there was... Or, there was this this uh, turning away because of the entrance of sin to the world. There was this decay in this relationship, this closeness that man and God had from the very beginning, and and we see that the continuing to to fracture and 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 then we come to this place in Exodus chapter nineteen. Exodus chapter nineteen is where we're going to focus our attention here this morning and. And this is a, a, a time in which we have the children of Israel, they've, they've come out of Egypt. And imagine them, their whole life having been slaves. Their whole life having been, uh, a, knowing that they are the people of God, but yet their existence was that of slaves. This was their identity. And they come out, and and as far as they they had known, they they were they had never seen God, or they had never had a personal relationship with God. They had they didn't have this this uh, the idols that the Egyptians had. They didn't have some kind of physical form, and and I, I don't know that they had necessarily even seen or heard heard God in a, in a uh, in a tangible kind of a way, but yet here we see God begin to draw the people close to him. And, and I'm just going to read, we're not going to read through the whole chapter here, but let's, let's just begin here in verse 1. It says that in the third month when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. For they were departed from Rephidim, Rephidim and they were come to the desert of Sinai, and they pitched in the wilderness, and there Israel camped before the mount. And Moses went up unto God. And this is the same place that we talked about last week that Moses had had this powerful encounter with God in the form of a burning bush in the same mountain, the same place. And Moses once again comes up to the place that he had before had an encounter with God. And now he comes into the mountain and, and he says, Thou, uh, thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel that you have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and I brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure to me above all the people for All the earth is mine, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. This is God speaking to Moses here and and telling them about what he is desiring to make of them. God says, "I, I want to come into a covenant relationship with you. That if you will obey my voice... If you will keep my covenant, if you will keep the, pro- the, the, the things that I am going to ask of you, then you will be my people and you will be a kingdom of priests. And they were familiar with this priest language. It was all around them in, in Egypt. 
this this priest language. Now, uh, they the the priests they, they these were the people that had a special connection to God. The priests the the priesthood was always the ones that that they. They had a, a, a way that they could talk to God that was different from how others could interact with God. The priests were the ones that had a closeness. The priests were the ones. It's a, but in God, he, he tells Moses, he says, go and tell my people that, that I'm, I desire to make them a kingdom of priests. I want to make of this whole nation... I want to make you somebody into somebody who has a close relationship with me so that it's not that you have to go to some mediator and, and, and speak to them and have them come to me and speak on your behalf. But no, I desire to have a one-on-one relationship with you. This was God's desire. And he, he was speaking here through Moses so that he can relay this message to the people. And, uh, uh, but, but, but what he's saying is, this isn't how I want it to stay. This is how it is right now that I'm speaking to you, Moses, but my desire is that I would be able to speak directly to my people. Now, if we were to go on through this, through this chapter, we see that, uh, we see that, uh, God comes and, and he descends upon this mountain. As a cloud and, and you have the people that are at the base of the mountain. And as God begins to speak directly to the people, this says that the people, they became afraid. They were fearful and they, they turned to Moses and they said, Moses, we want to elect you. We don't, we don't want this. This is a little bit too much for us. This is a little too scary for us. To be the ones that are speaking directly to God or hearing directly from God. Because it was in thunderings and lightnings that God was speaking. And from that, we see that, that God, he, he did. He, he, he said, all right, I will speak directly to Moses. And he will be the one that will speak to you. But, but this was not God's intention. God wanted to have a one-on-one relationship where he could speak directly to the people. But the people, they, 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 when, when they, when they had that, they said, this is a little bit too much. I, I don't know if I, if I can relate to a God like that. I don't know if I can have a relationship with a God who is so great and so mighty. And, and when he comes down, he speaks in thunders and lightning. And so, and so what we see is, is this, um, this, this kind of relationship that develops that is is not the the type of relationship that God would have desired for the people. God wanted to make a kingdom of priests. God wanted to have somebody who they could come to him. Instead, what they got was a certain group of people, the Levites. They would be the priests. Moses and Aaron, they would be the spokesmen. Joshua he would be the spokesman for God. And and then you had a, a, a certain subset of people that they would be the ones who had this close relationship. But but I, I want to look at this, this idea of relationship. I was I was spending some time with some some friends this, this week that um, that I used to work with and 
and it was we were we had talking about about God and and just talking about their um, their their walk with God and and, and their uh, relationship with Him and, and for them it's they, they grow up one of them is, is is a Catholic he goes to church every once in a while and and uh, and he was he was asking me some questions just about you know how, how long is is your typical service and he was he was surprised by it he said you know for us it's I go and if we're not out in 45 minutes, then it's uh, then then we're uh, we're looking at our watches and we're wondering what's what's taking so long, and and some of the others they you know they were describing you know just just you know for them it's uh, it's it's more so about just coming in and 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 it's it's not a it's not a uh, a close. Uh, uh, interaction with God. I, I described this. I described what what we experience here as as a an experience. I don't come just to uh, I don't come just out of obedience to God, but I come to experience God. And you know this is this is not un, uncommon of in in our in our world of the relationship that people have with God is that for so many God is is far off for so many God is this this figure that is is so unrelatable in fact if we look at, at this this idea of just developing relationship and you even think of this in 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 the context of developing a relationship with some individual the first step in developing a relationship is recognizing their existence. Now this is a, a very basic step, but, but God even, uh, or, or the writer of Hebrews, he, he points this out. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Other translations would, would say that, that they must believe that God exists. The first thing that you must do in order, uh, in order to please God, in order to be uh, in relationship with Him, is to just believe that He exists. But that is the most basic thing that uh, that would be required. If I, if all it is is that I believe that He exists, I, I I don't believe that that is where God wants us to stop. In fact, I know that's not where God wants us to stop. But that's a starting point. And here's where I, here's why I want to start there is because there are those that you encounter. There are those that you are with that that's where they're at. That's where they're at today. They believe that there's a God that exists. They don't even acknowledge, acknowledge him for who he is. They believe that there is something out there. And you're going to encounter people, and, and perhaps you were there at one time, that you, you just acknowledge there's got to be an existence of some God out there. And, and it's, and, and, but, but that's the very basic starting point. See, existence, this belief in, in the existence, it has to come through faith. We talked a little about, uh, about faith on, on Wednesday night, uh, about the word of, of faith or the gift of faith. Um, but but this this kind of faith here is is just this very basic rudimentary faith that says God I believe that you're there even though I cannot see you. I want to go through some of these scriptures here in Hebrews chapter eleven, 
verse, beginning of verse 1. It tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. For by it, the elders, they, they obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, they were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. It's, it's by faith that we believe. Now, now, were you there? Were you there? Did you see God create the worlds? No, I, I, I didn't see it. But by faith, I believe that what is recorded in Scripture is what took place. By faith, I believe that it is, it is, it is too, too much for me to believe that all of this just happened uh, because some explosion and, and the randomness of, of the, the things, the forces of this, of this universe, all of this life came into existence. That takes a whole lot more faith for me than to believe that God is the one who created it all. God is the one. And so for me, the, 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 it's by faith I believe that God exists. It's by faith I believe that God framed the worlds. And if we continue, we see going down and into this, uh, uh, verse 24. It says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the, the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He was choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It was esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. One more verse. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians assaying to do were drowned. You see, it was by faith. It was the belief in the existence of God, the belief in the knowing that God was there. Now, did they, did they know, uh, know God on a personal level? Uh, when, when Moses, before he went to the wilderness, he didn't know God on a personal level. He hadn't spoken to God uh, one-on-one in a burning bush kind of a way. But by faith, they believed. By faith, they held on to the, the truth of, of, of God. It was, that was the starting point, by faith. Now, there comes a point where Israel had to acknowledge the mighty acts of God at the time when they were freed from Egyptian bondage. There comes a point where we acknowledge God. And, and we've, uh, I believe that, that those in this place today, you have surpassed or you have um, you have already come to this place in your relationship with God that it's not just about a God who exists, but I acknowledge who that God is. For them who had been set free from Egypt, they acknowledge that God is the God who sets us free. That God, let's go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. says, they sang, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord. And they spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. 
And I will prepare him an habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. He continues on speaking about this God that says, I acknowledge not just uh, that he exists, but I acknowledge who he is. He is my salvation. He is the one who has come. And there is not just, um, you know, this, this far off distant God, but I acknowledge that God is the one who came to set me free. Now, there was, if we come into the New Testament, if we come to the New Testament, the, the people of, of Ephesus, they were a people that were superstitious in ways that they, they worshiped a God that they did not know. They worshiped this God that, that they believed existed, but they did not know who he was. There was, there was this, this idea in them that says we don't want to miss any of these gods that may be out there. We don't want to miss them, you know, by chance that they are out there and, and, and we would, uh, we would tick them off by not worshiping them. And so they had an altar on this, this high place called Mars Hill. And this altar that was constructed there was inscribed on it, the altar to the unknown God. We read about this in Acts chapter 17. It was an altar that was to the unknown God. If we could turn to Acts 17, verse 22. Paul is standing there in the midst of Mars Hill, and he says, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. I passed by, and I beheld your devotions. I found an altar with this inscription that says, To the unknown God, whom therefore you ignorantly worship, and him I declare unto you. This is what... Paul is trying to do is to bring them from a place of existence to a place of acknowledgement. To a place of, of understanding that it's not just some distant God out there that exists, but, but let's come to the realization that there is one God. There is one God, and he's saying, let me introduce you to him. Come on, you have a world around us today that they believe that there is a God, but, but we can introduce them to the God. We can introduce them to a relationship that says, here, let me show you that it's not just about some far off God, but it's about a God who desires to know you and to be known. God desires to know you and to be known. Let's, let's continue here because I love what Paul has to say here. It says, God, that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth. He dwelleth not in temples that were made with hands. Neither is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing that he giveth to all life and breath and all things. He has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed in the bounds of their habitation. In other words, he's saying, well, this God that I'm talking about is the God who created all things and hath, uh, continue on, verse 27, that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him. And he's saying that creation of, that this God created, he says, if they seek him, they will find him. If you seek this God who created all things, you will find him, though he be not far from every one of us. He is not far. You may feel as if he is far off, but the God that I'm talking to you about is close. If you seek him, you will find him. 
He's telling them, come on, this God that you believe is out there and existent. Let me bring you into an acknowledgement that there is one God. He is, he is one and he wants to know you. He's not so far off. He's not so, so distant as you might think. Let's go to verse 28. For in him we live. For in him we move. We have our being in him as certain also of our own poets have said. For we are his offspring. When we come, our existence is in him. It's because of him that we live. It's because of him that we have breath in our lungs. Verse 29, he says, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the God has is like a gold or silver or stone. It's not graven by art or man's device. Well, this isn't some God that we created with our hands. Verse 30, in the times of this ignorance, God winked at. But now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Verse 31, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance to all men in him, or in that he hath raised him from the dead. Well, Paul is bringing them to a, an acknowledgement of as he's saying, hey, this isn't just some God out there that's existent that you do not know, but this God that you say you do not know that exists, he can be known. And this is the, the point that I'm trying to make is that developing in developing relationship, you have those around you that, that we can bring them into an understanding of who this God is that we serve. If there's those that question you, you know, why why do you spend so much time at church? Why do, you, why do you dress the way that you do? Why do you act the way that you do? Why do you speak the way that you speak? It, well, it's because, because I know that God that you know that's out there. Inherently, you know he's out there and you, I, I know him and I, I have a relationship with him. I am close to him. I've gotten to know him and that God, he comes and the more I know him, the more I want to please him, the more I want to draw close to him. And that's exactly where we come to in this next place. Uh, Once we get to know this unknown God, we come into proximity with him. And that's where we were at in Exodus chapter 19. In Exodus chapter 19, we find that God reveals himself to Israel at Mount Sinai. They come into this close proximity to God. And as God reveals himself to them at Mount Sinai, they became fearful. They became fearful when God came down in the thunders and the lightning. But, but here's, here's what is, is, is so wonderful about it is that today when God draws near to us there is such a um such a a, a, um such a a closeness that can that can come from it that that he he knows everything about us he knows our every need he knows our every desire he knows it even before we know it that the closeness that was not available before today to us it is available from that day forward, from Exodus 19 forward, there was a restriction of God's presence that was there. He was, he was dwelling there in the temple of God, in the tabernacle. And when he dwelt in the tabernacle, there was a curtain that, uh, that separated his presence from the people. 
But on the day that Jesus died on the cross, that temple that was separating God's presence from the common man, that curtain was ripped in two. And we come into this place where we can now come into the very presence of God. And what was not, what was restricted then is no longer restricted. And so now we can come into the presence of God. In Hebrews chapter 7 verse 19, it says, for the law made nothing perfect. Back then it wasn't perfect. That's not how God really desired for it to be. But bringing in of a better hope did when Jesus Christ came. Now, he says, which we draw nigh unto God. Now, because Jesus Christ came, we can have a close relationship with God. We can come into proximity with him. And when we do so, it says, when you draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. When we come close to God, God will come close to us. On developing relationship, the closer that you get to God, the closer God will get to you. There are things that He will begin to reveal to you that as 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 we draw close to Him, that that you would not know if you uh, if you stay distant, if you stay aloof, if you feel that God is only uh, this this far off God that you cannot get to know. Well, then you are. Um, you are, you are cheapening the relationship that he desires to have with you. Now, as we draw close to God, God does ask of us a commitment. God and, and Israel, they entered into a covenant relationship there at Mount Sinai. We, we read in verse uh, verses 5 and 6 already, but uh, there's a, a covenant. God said of the people, he says, Therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, If you will keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure to me. You'll be above all the people. Says all the earth is mine. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Says, but it's this covenant relationship that it's dependent upon. A, a commitment that you would serve him. Now, now this idea of relationship is, is interesting because the reality is God is the one who he sets the terms for the relationship. Today, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the same as a, as a human relationship. It's not quite the, the same as a human relationship is today because God is the one who sets the terms. And he did set the terms for us. But here's the thing. Even though God sets the terms and we do live by certain moral Laws and we learn, we, we live according to the scripture and the, the things that God says. This is how you please me. This is how you come into relationship with me. Even though he's the one who set the terms, he's the one who also came and he died for us so that we can come into that relationship with him. He already paid the price for those terms. He set the terms, but he prayed, but he also paid the price for the terms. So God, he entered into a covenant relationship with us. And for us, we see this uh, coming to us in the metaphor of this, this bride and husband. We, the church, we are the bride of Christ. You have uh, Isaiah chapter 54. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 5. It says, for thy maker is thy husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, thy redeemer, uh, the holy one of Israel, the God of the whole earth. 
shall be shall he be called he the lord your maker the one who formed you he is your husband he is drawing you into a close relationship now we see in ephesians chapter 5 god uh describing the same husband wife relationship that we experience is the one that god uh, desires to have with us it says husbands love your wives even as christ also loved the church he gave himself for it. That's, that's the type of commitment that we're talking about. That, that Christ is committed to us. It's not only a commitment of us to him. But he already committed himself to us. God already committed himself to us. And so once we get to this place of commitment. We come into a, a place of intimacy. And as you spend time with God. You learn how to speak to him. You learn how to listen to the voice of God. And this is what it, what we uh, desire today. And when we talk about relationship often within the church. This is what we're talking about. It's intimacy. The relationship, see God already set the terms of the relationship, but now now that he set the terms, I don't want it to just be about rules. I want it to be about, God, I spend time with you and I speak to you. And this is what we're talking about is the time that we spend in prayer, the time that we spend in his word, the time that we spend in his presence and worship. When we come into this place here today, I don't want it to just be. I don't want it to just be some uh, far off distant relationship that I have with God where we come in and we sit down and, 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 and we can be reverent in, it, in our worship. But I don't want it to be so reverent that, uh, that I don't feel God. In fact, I believe that's, that's almost irreverent to the point where it's God is saying, no, I want to know you. I want to come down and be with you. I want to spend time with you. And, 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 and we see that um, in, in verse 3 of Exodus 19 that God would, would come to Moses. And he already had this relationship. Where he already had this intimacy with Moses from a prior exposure to him. But, but then he, he, what he really desired was to have the same thing with the people. To have the same thing with the, the whole nation of Israel. But yet they rejected it. I believe the closer that you get to God, could we, could you turn to Philippians chapter three? We're coming to a close here soon. Philippians chapter three, verse seven says, but what things were gained to me, those are counted loss for Christ. Yet doubtless I, I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. I do count them, but dung that I may win Christ. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. Come on, that I may know him, I, that I can become intimate with him, that I, I know him inside and out. Why? Because I have rejected the things that he has called me to reject. And the more that I get to know him, the more that I want to reject the things that he rejects and get to know and to, to desire the things that he loves. The more that I spend time with my God, the more that I love the things that he loves and hate the things that he hates. 
I want to spend time with my God. I want to become intimate with my God. Why? Because God desires to be intimate with us. He desires to come in and to say, here, I want to go and, and to, uh, to provide for you every, everything that you need. I want to be your God as you are my people. I want to be with you and to walk with you daily. But the choice of intimacy is on us. The choice for intimacy is on us. And God is calling us into this, this place of relationship where we would spend time in his presence. God is calling you today. If you're standing at that place of commitment where, you've, uh, where you have committed to him, but, but you haven't spent time in his presence and been in, in, in our, our in an intimate place with God. I want to bring you uh, or want to invite you into a place of intimacy with God here today. Well, could we, could we today spend some time in prayer with him? Could we today say, Lord, I want to get to know your voice. Lord, if I question, Lord, you know, your, your closeness or who you are, Lord, then let me, God, double down on my commitment to you. Let me double down on my intimacy, my time with you. Well, the privilege of the relationship is this. That for them, God was calling them and saying, I would desire to make you a kingdom of priests. God called them into a covenant and he says, I will make of you a holy nation. But in 1 Peter 2, 9, he says to the church, he says to us, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Well, the Old Testament priesthood was an exclusive bunch. It was, it was for the Levites. But we today have been made priests unto God. The priests are the ones who they have that close relationship with God. And God says, I have made you my royal priesthood. Nathaniel, I've made you my royal priesthood. I made you my royal priesthood. I've invited you into my presence. I've invited you into a place of of closeness. I've invited you into a place. Now, it's up to you. As we develop this relationship with God, there's there's those that they stand on the fringe or they stand uh, on, on the outward kind of gazing in and saying, why would somebody commit so much to God? Well, if you can get close to Him. Well, just to be close to Him. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like spending time in the presence of God. When we come into a, a church service, even, even here today, if you look around and you see those that are lifting up their hands, maybe they got tears starting to stream down their face. You say, what's, what's up with that? I'm in here and I, and I come in and maybe, you, maybe you're here on a, on a weekly basis, but you haven't experienced Him like that. I want to invite you to open up your heart today. On the heart, a, a heart that is hardened, God will not just come in uninvited, but yet He stands at the door and He knocks today. God's standing at the door today and He's knocking. He said, will you let me in? Will you let me in? 
I want to come into this place of intimacy. I want to come into a place of, of closeness. The privilege of relationship today is that for those, uh, for, for them back, uh, back in the old covenant, in the old testament, it was an exclusive bunch for us today. He's saying, come on in. Come on in. I have, I, I want, I desire a relationship with each and every one of you. Everyone who will come. Everyone who will. Would you come? Would you come today? Amen. Could we just, just stand all around this place here this morning? As our Sunday school classes make their way back in. I want to invite you into this place of, of closeness to God. In this place of relationship where we would not just have a God who is afar off. Not just have a God that we serve out of rules and out of regulations of things that, that I don't want to cross you here. I don't want to cross you there. But I want to know you, God. God, I want to spend time in your presence, Lord. In fact... I want to lift up my hands today and I want to worship you. Lord, and as I do so, Lord, would you bring me into your presence here today? close today. Amen. God is just as close as the mention of his name. Amen. And just call that name of Jesus and he is there. Amen. What a privilege that is. 
What a privilege that is to know, Lord, that you are so close. God, that I don't have to go to somebody else, Lord, in order to get your attention. God, I can come right to you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Well, I just want to welcome you again. Those who have just joined us, just come in here today. I want to welcome you to New Life. Amen. This is such a, a great family. 